When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, Kirby Moore did not leave Mizzou for Alabama, so we do not have that doomsday to talk about, uh, which means we don't have too much, by the way, of Mizzou football news. Um, so we're going to dive into men's hoops. We're going to preview the old Miss game. The Tigers, uh, also for basketball, didn't have a game uh, midweek, so um, not too much to, to get into there. But we'll preview that game a little bit, talk a little bit for recruiting. And then we have a, a great interview. We're going to kick it to ourselves. We talked to the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, a, uh, the Cowboys SB Nation um, outlet, RJ Ochoa. Is their manager and editor-in-chief. We talked with him. Also works for San Antonio Sports Star. Um, the radio station out in San Antonio covers all things NFL, uh, especially in the Cowboys. We had him on uh, actually about like last year. Um, so we did a, a longer interview with him a year on. He was at the Super Bowl at Radio Row. Um, so we, we talked uh, with him just about his experience there and some NFL stuff. We're diving into some more of those interviews now with, uh, with Mizzou football, kind of in the, the lulls of the offseason. Um, so it was a great interview with RJ. Good to have him back on the show. Uh, and then we're going to finish up with quick hits. We get jerseys of the week, Shawnee's main birds and best things we learned. So good show for you guys to dive into, um, you know, something, some fun, a little bit different with RJ's interview to, to sink your teeth into when, uh, there's not too much Mizzou football news, which for Mizzou fans is probably a good thing given what could have happened with Kirby Moore. Um, so yeah, great show. Before we get started, quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. Uh, we're only like four weeks or five weeks away from Selection Sunday for March Madness. I'm so excited. And Bet Online has all the up to minute odds, stats, trends that you can follow as your favorite teams push for the playoffs and March Madness with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. So experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to bid online today to become part of the team. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE. That'll get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Uh, we don't have any fantastic four picks this week, uh, or and we do best beats on Monday. So I don't have any uh, lines to read, uh, except for some table tennis. If you want to bet on table I'm tennis. I'm going to jump in here, Jack. I got, oh, a, oh, line. Oh, oh, oh. I got a line for you. Bet What's online that? released their over-under on total wins four NCAA football teams today and the Tigers are set at nine and a half if you take the under it's minus 170 if you take the over on nine and a half total wins that's plus 140 I'll bring Peyton in here as well let's see what you guys think taking the over on it Kenny this is (laughs) this is the year okay we're gonna get into it later okay this team is going to the playoffs uh but no nine and a half is really right around what I think would be yeah, I see Mizzou probably losing too. Um, I, I I think they should win ten though, man. I don't see them losing three. 
Yeah, I, I guess we do have some Mizzou football. We're gonna we're gonna talk some way too early college football playoffs and quick hits. So uh, right after the RJ interview, we'll dive into that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's I don't know. I would take the over. I like ten wins at least. I like eleven wins. I like twelve uh, wins. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I like ten wins again. I would I would I would take the over. What was the over right now? It's plus money, isn't it? Nine and a half. The under no, is no, what... plus one fifteen. The over oh, yeah, is okay. minus one forty five. Okay, so it's oh. okay, so the over's fair. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, Mizzou fans. So go to bet online. You can you can place a way a little future on Mizzou football and all the college basketball stuff. Where if you don't want to bet on Mizzou because they will are not going anywhere for that, but you know bet on some other March Madness lines. But anyway, with that, let's get the show rolling. Excited to dive into everything. Great interview with RJ coming up. And with that, the unwritten rule starts right now. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Friday, January 16th. Kirby Moore did not leave Mizzou football uh, for Alabama. I think we should touch on that. I know I said we didn't have much by way of football, but we did have that, like, I guess officially confirmed for us that Alabama did indeed go in another direction for their new offensive coordinator. So Kirby Moore staying quick thoughts on quick thoughts on that. I guess just if you want to express your relief that Mizzou didn't have to replace both of its uh, coordinators ahead of next season. Uh, Yeah. Crisis averted uh, basically. I mean, that would have been a total, there would have been no way to really spin that one. That would have, totally really sank Mizzou pretty bad because you got to think about it with offensive coordinators. Almost everyone hates their offensive coordinator. You don't really see a ton of people going around going, Oh yeah, I love my offensive coordinator. You know, it's always the offensive coordinator's fault. A lot of times you don't see that with Mizzou. That's how, you know, you have a good one. Okay. Kirby Moore was very good. He had a couple goofy things that, you know, I personally didn't love the, the QB draw spamming on third and goals, those drove me up a wall. But, I mean, there's no way you can look at last season and not think Kobe, uh, Kirby Moore rather, is a total star in the making. Um, thank God Mizzou got to keep him because replacing him, especially this late in the cycle, would have been very, very tough. Drinkwitz was happy too. Uh, Peyton, I want to give you credit. You had a, a good meme. Uh, it's a Marvel's meme with – um Gamora. Wait, that's my quick hit. I have a quick hit. I have a quick hit. Okay, never mind. It's in my it's in my quick hit. It's in my quick single thing. We'll we'll get Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. No, it's okay. Well, yeah, Drinkwitz was happy. That's that's he was happy. He was happy. I mean, of course, he was happy behind the scenes. Who wouldn't be? Like Peyton said, he gets to keep Kirby Moore. Um, yeah, I thought we'd just touch on that. Alabama promoted their tight ends coach to offensive coordinator, which I talked about could have been a possibility the last time we were on. Uh, as an alternative to Kirby Moore. Also, Peyton clearly always has his mind on Kobe Brown. He almost called him Kobe Moore. I heard that, Peyton. Um, speaking of Kobe Brown or his former team, at least, uh, that's that's kind of you know what we can get into. We don't have a Mizzou men's basketball to recap, our game to recap from the midweek because the Tigers were on their bye. Thank goodness, uh, perhaps, I guess, for for our sake and maybe for the viewers' sanity. I don't know. Instead, we'll look ahead. The Tigers are back on the hardwood at 7.30 Saturday night 
they keep getting these Saturday night primetime games, which just makes it, makes it so much harder to want to, to watch them. Um, they are uh, on the road. They take on Ole Miss. The Rebels have lost three straight. Those three games were to Auburn, South Carolina, and Kentucky. All three of them were ranked. Although South Carolina, after what Auburn did to them last night, I don't know if they should they should be ranked even at 21 and four. That was, I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was wild. They won by like 40. Um, anyway, Ole Miss, Mizzou. I think the headliner for me in this game is this is the, uh, the revenge game for two time, two time, former future tiger, Jamarian sharp, uh, you know, who was one of the trees, the tigers were looking at, but I don't know, have with, with some time to not watch Mizzou men's basketball and maybe just think about their, season and what all's gone wrong i don't know if any thoughts have, have changed for you guys but don't think the tigers are winning this game no they're still really bad in my mind um rest assured uh it's actually kind of interesting it's it kind of goes to show how sad it is this year because i mean this is a game last year like when mizzou was like you know throwing elbows in the sec you'd look at old, a team like Ole miss and we'd be like oh missouri can beat this team like this is a fake good team now it doesn't even really matter if they're fake good or not. They're absolutely going to beat Missouri. Um, it's kind of been like some of the usual suspects that we've seen from Ole Miss that have been good this year, like over the last few years. I mean, it's Matt Morrell is leading the team in scoring with 16.8. You know, Damon Brakefield is still around there. He's averaging 11 and 5 pretty much. So, um, yeah, and they do have like two really big bigs and Musa Cisse. They have. Marion Sharp, of course. Um, but it's really been the guard play for them, largely, um, and familiar players in general. Uh, also, uh, on Jamarian Sharp, he is averaging two and a half blocks a game. Dude is just an eraser down there. Um, trying to, I'm trying to look for his rebounds per game. Only four, um, I, so I guess he doesn't play a whole ton of minutes. But, yeah, don't expect Missouri, even if Ole Miss is faker than fake. Um, don't expect Missouri to come away with this one. This is our first time seeing Chris Beard in the SEC as well. Uh, kind of crazy to think that he would have been in the SEC if things um, didn't end the way they did at Texas uh, two years ago. But now he's he's um, with the Rebels. Uh, this Ole Miss team, it's like the total opposite of the Tigers. 18 and 6, Tigers enter 8 and 16. Uh, the one thing I will point out is that, is it fair to say that these 730 games aren't necessarily prime time. I know prime time is the evening, but I feel like the, the best of college basketball is at two, three noon on Saturday. Yeah, that's and, fair. And I just, it, it, the Tigers have been being, are being pushed back to some of these game times and it just feels like they deserve it, that they shouldn't really be on the eyes of the nation or around those three, three or two thirty tips. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, I think they're getting, they're also getting bodied on like SEC network. They have to show them. They're going to show them on TV. Cause it's a, you know, it's an SEC school. They won't be on SEC network plus or anything in, in a conference game, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Peyton summarized old miss. Well, they also have An Alan Flanagan uh, who's been around the SEC forever. He played for, uh, for Auburn for like four years. Um, so they're, I mean, they'll win this game. They, they are a very frustrating, like, bubble team just from a college basketball, like, fandom perspective because, like Peyton said, they are very fraudy. Um, they had some weird non – they went undefeated non-con, but they had some weird games where they just, you know, they beat um, Detroit Mercy, uh, America's team, who just won their first game of the season 
uh, last night over uh, IUPUI. Congrats to the Titans for finally, uh, what are they, 1-26 in 26 now. That team only uh, lost to Ole Miss by one point. So it's kind of a weird, they were kind of a weird flaky team in non-con, but they won, they ended up winning all of their games. And, you know, they've still been somewhat shaky in conference play. I I, I think they're firmly a bubble team, but a, a firm bubble team is going to blow out Mizzou, I think is the is the easy, easy summary to make there. So again, 730 SEC Network, you can catch that game. We'll see uh, if maybe... I don't I was going to say Mizzou's Mizzou's guys. Mizzou's literally not going to come as close as Detroit Mercy is to beating Ole Miss. Just think about that for a second. Think about, I, I mean, I have them in quick hits as well, but the thing about Detroit Mercy is they have more wins when the calendar says 2024 than Missouri does. Sure. They sure do. They sure do. Um, yeah. Oh, other thing I wanted to touch on too with uh, men's basketball is I talked to Drew King. Uh, he listened to our episode on the scholarship count. Uh, there were two corrections because Power Mizzou, I, we alerted Drew to fixing the scholarship count. Um, Peyton, unfortunately, Jesus Carolero, unfortunately for you, I guess, Jesus Carolero does have an extra year of eligibility, so he can come back. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Uh, and then Caleb Brown is actually not on scholarship. That was the other. That was the other. Um, fact so he uh isn't taking up a spot there um yeah i i don't think i think you know we're hoping that dennis gates kind of says to jesus carolero just give him a little shove maybe hold the door for him uh give him a nice wave goodbye as he drives towards fulton or wherever he's off to um one yeah. one also addition to that i think some people might get confused you can't really get out of your letter of intent if you already signed uh mm-hmm. the tigers uh five signees have already um uh, they signed during the early period during mid-december yeah they're so coming they they can't they can't get out of it unless dennis or whoever recruited them on staff is no longer there anymore and right now there's no one oh that's possibly getting fired that we know of so all those guys are coming to mizzou yeah yeah good good note kenny um you know and again we'll keep addressing the offseason stuff for men's hoops when uh when that ends. Oh, one other thing we'll touch on too with recruiting. Uh, the Tigers offered kind of a kind of a fun prospect, I think, just from you know looking at you know where he's from and stuff like that. They offered a seven footer uh, named Andres Holst, who's from Denmark. Oh, kind of fun. Peyton's not a big fan. Another seven footer that averages five rebounds a game against Danish competition. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> there's Things a handball goal on on the court in this uh video in, in his video, highlights in his highlights yeah this is a handball court as well and you can see the goal in the background oh yeah yep you're right you're right i'm watching his highlights right now there you go andres holds uh, at least he posted his own stats or his sorry these are his last three games 17 points 5.3 rebounds one assist two blocks 47 percent from the field 38 percent from deep on 8.6 attempts per game. Yeah, you're not shooting that in the college level as a freshman, buddy. Um, but, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll hold out for Andres. I did look up. He's got time. Class 2025. I did look up and uh, when, when this came through. There are approximately two players who went to the NBA from Denmark. Uh, Lars Hansen and Gabriel Lundberg. So if you know either of those two players, props to you. I don't. But maybe Andres can be the third coming from the Dennis Gates pipeline. 
Um, but yeah, with that, uh, we will segue. We are going to kick it to ourselves with great interview um, coming up. A little non-Mizzou stuff, but we did ask uh, we did ask RJ about uh, you know Nick Bolton in the Super Bowl because we had to. But we had a good interview with RJ Ochoa. Nice to have him back on. Talk to him again. He's just a great guy. Knows his stuff about NFL. So definitely stick around for that. Um, you know, we're going to do these types of interviews, just having these, these, you know, fun sports people on. Cause it's just, it's just cool kind of different content, especially in the midst of the off season here. So with that, we'll kick it to ourselves talking to RJ. Okay. We now welcome on a very special guest, a recurring guest. We haven't talked to him in a, in over a year. So we're happy to, to have him back on. It's RJ Ochoa, the manager and editor in chief of blogging the boys, the, uh, the Cowboys designation, if you will, on, on SB nation. Um, he's also a host for San Antonio Sports Star, so you can listen to him. He's got podcasts, blogging the boys. RJ, you've been you've been busy, especially recently with the Super Bowl, which I want to ask you about. But uh, I know Kenny. Kenny told me off area something very very dire to ask you first, so I'm throwing it to him. Kenny's yeah, my boy. Let's hear it. I'm going to report in. This is an eligible question. I'm going to report this one in real quick. Um, RJ, does it feel like weird at all that Mizzou has a more eligible win at? uh at&t stadium than the cowboys do um you know um kenny we're great friends and so i i'm happy that you feel comfortable <laughs> enough to rid me this way um i've heard it all um you 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 gentlemen are probably too young to remember but uconn won the final four at at&t stadium and um at the time there was a lot of like uconn has more playoff wins in the building um, than the cowboys do uh the <laughs> packers have as many playoff wins or they have one fewer playoff win than the cowboys in the building so um the building has existed since 2009 and they've never hosted an NFC championship game. I mean, it's, it's just, it's remarkable. And and I've gone full heel with them this off season. So like, bring it, like, if you want to pour salt in this wound, like I'm, I'm the first one lining up to do it. Well, that was a good answer. I uh, didn't mean anything mean by it. I'm just very excited that Mizzou actually got to play in a, a big stadium like Jerry world and came away with a win the day before actually that that game happened for the Cowboys and Lions. We- yeah, um, good for them. I've got no beef with Mizzou. Um, it's a fight in Texas Aggie. You would think that I would, but um, but I'm all good. So um, go Tigers, I guess. Kenny was just in. Uh, he he just went to Mizzou when Mizzou played A and M in basketball the other day. He went to. I don't know when Kenny sleeps. I don't know how you guys keep track of this guy. Like he's <laughs> he's everywhere all the time. Um, you guys make me feel like I'm not working hard enough. So I admire you greatly. <laughs> no, he does the same for for Peyton and I. He's yeah, he's just on the clock. RJ, if, I, if there's like anyone like that I follow on Twitter, I think you were the one that doesn't sleep. I see you up at like midnight and then up at like 5 a.m. tweeting about the Cowboys or anything else. So maybe I get it from you. I'm very fortunate and very blessed um, and I wouldn't trade my life for anything. But, um, you know, every now and then it's nice to get a nap or two. I'll say that. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, and I mean, you know, I, we know you've been busy. I do want to dive into this because you were on Radio Row um, at the Super Bowl and you talked to a lot of people um i have like a full list i'll just read off some of the names like there was i saw you were talked to jalen waddle and barrios t higgins jamar chase you talked to uh dan marino matt ryan like uh, just what was it like and our, our personal favorite by the way was was burt kreischer it was cool to see that you got to interview him we're all we're, we're big fans but just can you take us just through your week and and if you have a coolest conversation you had, uh, who was that? I know Miles Garrett, I'm sure, is up there for you. I watched that that interview. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, so this uh, was my fifth radio row that I've been to and my first hosting a morning show. Um, our show airs 6 to 10 a.m. Central, which is as awful as it oh, sounds no. in the Pacific time zone. Um, now, 
you know, stuff like this, you, you do a lot of taped interviews, as you all well know. Uh, but that almost made it worse. I mean, because we had to like, you know, we were waking up at 2.30 and making the trek over there just to, you know, jump on for 15 minutes and then sit back for another 45 and not fall asleep. Um, but it was really cool. I, I went to Las Vegas uh, when I was closer to y'all's age, right when I turned 21. And that was my only real experience with it, uh, which was a very different sort of adventure than this. And um, it's, I mean, it's everything that, you know, I always wanted to be. It's very cool to get to talk to people and, and kind of break bread and, and bump fists and things like that and and ask your heroes and, and people who you admire and these incredible people and humans and athletes, all sorts of fun questions. And so um, you don't get to sleep a lot. And that's just kind of the, the gig. And that's what I love about it. I, I'm kind of I, I don't ever feel like I, I work a day in my life just because I, I do things that I'm really passionate about and, and that I have a high level of interest in. And so um, to get to share that with so many people throughout the process of Radio Row is really cool. Um, in terms of, you know, great stories, Bert um, told me that I had a, an interesting last name. And I told him <laughs> that, like, that doesn't happen a lot to me. Um, I have a like Kenny has a great last name. It's a cool last name. Like, Ocho is so awkward. And so nobody ever feels that way about me. Uh, Tony Pollard was cool from a Cowboys perspective and he, um, he was down on behalf of sleep number and this isn't an ad for them, but he did. This. Yeah. He gave me a <laughs> pillow. Um, now sometimes like people walking around with whatever product they're pushing, but they very rarely give you something. Um, so the fact that he gave me a pillow of all things was very cool. It was a little difficult to bring home, but, uh, but it made it nonetheless. <laughs> I was going to ask, is like, is that pillow in, in use now? I mean, it's got to be, you know, it's the Tony Pollard pillow. I'll be honest. I thought that it was, you know, I was going to try it, obviously, because the story is really cool. And I thought, right. like, man, this is going to suck. And then I'm going to just have to, like, accept that I don't get to use this. Uh, but so far, so good. So far, it's uh, it's <laughs> okay. comfortable. It's cool. Um, and, um, you know, it's just continued product placement for sleep number. <laughs> yeah, no free ads, but there you exactly. go. It worked. Nice. Uh, switching over, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it there at the end and earlier that you've kind of gone full heel on the Cowboys. Um, the, uh, so obviously we all know what happened in the postseason, another kind of flame out for them. They lost Dan Quinn. They bring in uh, Zimmer. I mean, where are you at with, with this team at this point? I, I kind of want to hear just what your thoughts on what needs to change maybe to get over that hump. You know, I um... – I carried a lot of water for them and I didn't, it never felt like water carrying. I, you know, I defended Mike McCarthy a lot and I was asked a lot, you know, last year and throughout training camp and even throughout the season, you know, do you fire Mike McCarthy if they don't reach the NFC championship game? And my answer was always along the lines of, well, how, how does that not happen? You know, what is the context? Like, do they, do they miss out because of a, of a clang off of the upright, you know, do, is there a, a poor rule or a poor officiating moment that is, is, you know, just kind of this bitter thing for them or do they get smoked in the playoffs? And I think that what happened against green Bay in the wild card round was probably among just a handful of possibilities that could have yielded the emotions that I have at least. And I um I'm not a real fan of the way they've chosen to go about this. You know what, with it being a contractor from McCarthy, that just kind of sets things up to go rather poorly in my mind. I was not a fan of of Dan Quinn returning, so in that sense, I was really pleased. But the Mike Zimmer thing, you know, all kind of unfolded throughout Super Bowl week, and I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch. Like with anything like you know Bigfoot or anything like that, it's not my thing. Uh, but I am in no way of the belief that this was not 
masterfully executed by the Cowboys. I mean, you know, the initial report that they were set to hire Mike Zimmer came as, you know, players were arriving on the red carpet at NFL honors, the same NFL honors in which the Cowboys got skunked and didn't win a single award. Um, then there was the news of Rex Ryan, obviously in general, that kind of took over radio row. Uh, the conversation and subject hovered in the air throughout Super Bowl weekend and was discussed on all the national shows all throughout Super Bowl Sunday. And then even on the day after the Super Bowl, when it should just be a coronation of the chiefs and their dynasty, people are talking about an ESPN employee and Adam Schefter going on an ESPN production in the Pat McAfee show, connecting an ESPN employee in Rex Ryan to the Dallas Cowboys. It just all has felt so um, Dallas Cowboys. And that's fun in, in a heel, you know, WWE sort of way, but it's just, I don't know if y'all are fans of the, the television show succession. And I know people, you know, connect a lot of memes to that, but it, it feels so similar to Logan Roy's, you know, I love you, but you're not serious people. Um, I do care for them greatly, but I just can't view them as a, as a competent organization, at least in this current moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about some of the stuff you'd been writing about recently, like along those same lines, like I know Jerry Jones, he said the whole thing about how they're going all in with like the contract stuff. And, and you kind of wrote, you know, that could either mean a world of things or that could mean, you know, nothing. And obviously, you know, we all know Jerry Jones and the, and the personality is and the way that he chooses to run his team. You just articulated that there. I mean, yeah. What's your kind of thoughts on that? And you know, where does it kind of go from here? If they do want to be, you know, that serious organization, I guess, at least in your eyes. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm starting to lean more and more towards the negative side of the spectrum as far as the all in comment. Um, it does feel like, you know, they'll very easily and, and objectively be able to justify it by saying, look, we we gave Dak a lot of money. We gave Mike a lot of money. We gave CD a lot of money. We're all in. You, you know, you, you took that how how you wanted to. And I said it when Jerry knows full well. Uh, what those words tend to mean when it comes to roster construction in any sport. Um, and so it's really difficult. And I, I don't enjoy this because I feel like I am generally an optimistic person, uh, but it's hard to find, you know, this is something that we've kind of been grappling with over the last month is like, what could realistically and feasibly happen to, to have them earn anybody's trust back. In fact, Mike McCarthy was asked that direct question by Jane Slater at his postseason press conference. She was she asked him, and I really respect her for doing so. She said, why should fans believe in you? <laughs> it's just a really blunt thing, but that's where they're at. They have burned all benefit of the doubt. And it feels like a lot of teams are in that boat, to be fair. I don't think that they're alone there necessarily. Um, but I, I don't. I really don't know, you know, they can, sure. They can get out to like a 10 and O start. Are, are we going to trust them? No. You know what I mean? It, this for them, it's all about what happens in the postseason. And I've never really put a lot of stock into the drought that they're fighting and the shadow that it casts over the organization. But it, it does now more than ever feel like it is such a heavy crown that they all wear, that they are fighting, you know, ghosts of the past and, and doing everything they can tirelessly and effortlessly to, to finally be the team that puts an end to it all. And that's a really exhausting way to live, obviously. Yeah. With it being more like the mock draft season, you know, the Cowboys might have some needs and you'll, you'll know a lot more about that. But I saw, I think it's believe is Brian Martin who, who wrote the, one of the most recent mock drafts at blogging the boys, no Mizzou guys in there. But I will say, if you need a cornerback, uh, Ennis Rakestraw's out there. If you need a left tackle, right tackle, Javon Foster. I mean, what are some of the needs that the Cowboys need uh, going forward? This is a, a fence-riding answer, and I hate that. But so much of what they're going to do depends on – they're facing a fork in the road with Dak Prescott. And that that will dictate how all-in 
or not all in they're going to be for this season specifically in case any of you or your your audience is unaware that currently carries a 60 million dollar approximately um, cap hit for this season and that's just untenable and he has a no tag clause he has a no trade clause he's set to be a free agent after this coming season and so he doesn't have like most of the leverage. He has all of the leverage in the world against them. Um, and so they could choose to, you know, sign him to an extension and make him the highest paid player in the history of the NFL, which will at the very least create enough content to put food on my table for the summer. Um, <laughs> or they can choose to restructure him and just alleviate salary cap space for this season. They could create about $18 million uh, in cap space and, and set him up to become a free agent next season. And, you know, I love Dak and, and have supported him and, and continue to support him. But given his age and the timeline of everything involved and that they might have a new head coach next season, it is fair, I think, to consider maybe hitting the overall reset button a year from now. They're in this weird, you know, hokey pokey, half in, half out kind of place. Um, and so once they make that decision, whether they extend Dak or they restructure Dak, it will obviously indicate how much salary cap space they have to work with. And if they choose to extend him, it will provide a, an assessment position to where we can say, well, you are continuing to build not just for now, but the future. And so you can't necessarily go for broke and go for all these free agents or whatever the case may be, because you have to continue to thrive beyond just 2024. Yeah. I'm going to pivot off maybe, uh, maybe the kind of upsetting topic that the Cowboys have come for you, uh, become for you and pivot to a more not much better one. I'm going to be honest, the Spurs, um, obviously now you're on the radio in San Antonio. So I figure I'd, I'd ask you about it. You got the Spurs, uh, golf shirt on what's going on with them, man. I mean, people expected maybe not a postseason appearance with Wemby, but I don't think many people saw them like at the bottom of the Western conference. What's going on with that? I got to be honest, it's really nice to hear um, disappointment in them from you all, just because our audience, um, there's still a lot of pop disciples out there. Not that I have anything negative to say about him, but um, they're, they're just at a place where so many people are, are kind of willing to trust the proverbial process, even though the, you know, the iconic process still hasn't yielded even a conference finals appearance for Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I'd, I'd love to get a shot in against any Philly sports team when I can. And um, As you should. I mean, Wemby. Wemby has been remarkable. I mean, you know, it, it feels like every night he does something. Um, you know, we were talking about before we started recording the other night against Toronto. He had the crazy behind the back assist and he had the oh, that was against Dallas. Sorry, but he had the the 10 blocks, the triple double that hadn't happened in forever and happened by a rookie since David Robinson. And he's in this incredible company with all the things that he's managing to pull off statistically. And you would think that, you know, just by his presence alone that you would, you know, be at, at more than 11 wins of the all-star break, but they just have nothing around him. And, um, you know, pop is, I, I wouldn't say, you know, past his prime or anything like that, but it does feel like they're just trying to recreate what they developed, you know, in the original Spurs dynasty days. And it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to go at this the same way you did Tim Duncan or David Robinson or anybody like that. Um, and, and you, you, he just, we're at a place now where, you know, he's great. You know, he's this generational player and he needs help. Devin Vassell and Jeremy Sohan are just not the players who can help him get to the next place in life. And even then, you know, Pop has has allowed for an environment. The Spurs played the Pelicans a few weeks ago, and we always reference this game. Um, and they were down and needed a game-winning shot and drew up a play for Wemby, and Devin Vassell took it. And in, in what universe is Devin Vassell of the mindset <laughs> that the ball belongs in his hands over Wemby's, you know, with the game on the line? But but that, that culture has been allowed to kind of breed this season, um, and a lot of us want to see Pop kind of just challenge the status quo a little bit more, which he's, you know, not exactly been inclined to do so as of late. 
Yeah, I feel like it's tough, too, with a star who seems as humble as Wemby is, where it's like, you know, he's got to kind of grab the spotlight or, you know, be put in a position by the staff to, like, to like take it. I do want to ask, too, like, I was going to ask, because I know you, you were tweeting about, you know, all his highlights and being like, the fact he's not an all-star is absurd. So I was going to let you kind of sing your praises for Wemby, but you kind of already did that. And I just, yeah, is that just kind of what has to change? Is it just it needs to be kind of, I, I'm not forced onto him, but he just kind of needs to be like, all right, I'm the guy. You know, we need to go from here. It's not this, you know, weird kind of sharing. Yeah, like if Pop's not going to cuss out Devin Vassell, then Wemby has to, right? Wemby has to <laughs> right. be like, dude, you're Devin Vassell. I'm I'm Wemby. <laughs> like, you know, I'm the person who gets the ball in these moments. And I do think that Wemby should have been an all-star. And I think it'll be fascinating to see, and this is something we've been talking about this week, is what the kind of national perception of him is after he's had a week in the national spotlight, what with all the all-star festivities and whatnot. But I, I think it's, you know, it's not hard to see how he's not an all-star because his team sucks. And, and you know, they're hurting him in that capacity. I mean, he's he's literally putting together this not just all-time rookie season, but just this all-time big man season that is just going to have been wasted. And I know I've knocked Devin Vassell and Jeremy Sohan and Trey Jones or whoever, but like the 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 vitriol that they're on the receiving end of is Pop's fault too. I mean, because they're mm-hmm. they're not, you know, capable enough players for the roles that they're in. I mean, the Spurs, you know, this this whole process, and, and that's such a uh, frustrating word and a tired word to use for things like this, but this whole process rapidly accelerated the moment that they won the lottery last year. And so you have to be ready to act. You can't waste any time. You can't just assume that, you know, next year you're going to trade for Trey Young or whoever, and it's going to work out. Um, you can't squander years. And that's what's frustrating about this is it feels like the, fir- the Spurs yeah. are fine, just kind of totally tossing it away. Totally. Let's talk about uh, one of your better sports teams that you're following and maybe rooting for, and that's the Astros. Um, I know it's a <laughs> tough time for the Cowboys, you know, even tougher for the Spurs, trying to get everything sorted out. But it feels like the Astros have things sorted out. Uh, got Josh Hader. What are kind of your thoughts moving forward with Houston? Yeah, I'm really excited for this Astros season. It was such an awkward ALCS for me, but with having a lot of, you know, DFW fans who follow me for Cowboys content. It was just really, really difficult um, to kind of go through. Um, and so what I admire and what I love about being, you know, an Astros fan is Jim Crane gets it in, in ways like if you ever want to see your your team owner or whoever, GM, whatever role anybody kind of tends to be in, you want to see them, you know, never settle and never be satisfied. And that is who the Astros are. They always, they are Adam Driver in Star Wars wanting more and more and more. Um, and I, it, it makes being a fan of theirs so fun and so, so interesting. And so, uh, it's a bummer that Ryan Presley, you know, can't be the man forever. But again, I respect that. I respect that the Astros are so cunning with their decision making. And every now and then you have an emotional decision, like holding on to Martin Maldonado as long as they did. Or, I mean, I wouldn't say that the, the Altuve extension is an emotional decision, but obviously there's an emotional component to it. But, um, it's it's incredible to watch how they are so sustainable and how they never skip a beat, how they are truly inevitable. And the Chiefs obviously have gotten a lot of love in the NFL, but um, and I understand why people hate the Astros, obviously, but um, they are one of the highest marks of consistency that we've ever seen in professional sports in our lifetimes. And I know you you referenced this the last time you were on. Kenny's kind of like got the market cornered sometimes on Astros prospects. Um, are there any Astros prospects? This is basically just a question only for you and Kenny. Um, any prospects uh, that you, you've been following that maybe uh, have caught your eye at all for the Astros? No, I mean, it's it's not, 
you know, I haven't had quite the amount of time that I would like to dive into that. I'm still a little bit behind even on like Astros podcasts and things like that. And Kenny does a, that's where Kenny is such a valuable resource in terms of keeping me updated and abreast on all situations. Um, I think that I'm always holding out hope for Forrest that things can finally turn around, but it just feels like it never will. That's the one kind of like, you know, annual piece of devastation Astros fans have to feel like normal sports fans where you, you are sad in some stretches. Uh, but if that's the price we have to pay, so be it. But I would gladly turn this to Kenny and have him tell me who I should be excited about. That was going to be my follow-up. Well, yeah, you actually, you chose the right guy this morning. Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline posted you know, one prospect to watch um, for the Astros and it's Forrest Whitley. If he's going to be a reliever moving forward, there's bullpen spots open, as we know. Guys like Ryan Stanek, Bill Maton, Hector Neris all left. There's an option there, opportunity there for him. And he can still dial him up to 100, which is pretty incredible with how many injuries he's had. He can still uh, still sling it. And I think this could be the year that he finally breaks the major leagues. That's music to my ears. <laughs> there you go. Now Kenny gets to talk about the Astros. He doesn't normally get to, to do that until the summer on this show. Um RJ, I just have I just one more thing, and, and this kind of actually can be for all three of us because I listened to our interview from a year ago, and it just like it just makes me laugh how much the NFL changes in a year. Because when we last had you on, I just like kept some receipts. The the following things were mentioned. I asked you about Zeke uh, not jumping into the bucket during the Salvation Ar- into the Salvation Army bucket. Uh, we talked about Derek Carr possibly going to the Colts and then picked a game, uh, Carolina Panthers game, where Steve Wilkes was the head coach, and now he just got fired as the Niners OC. Um, you also actually, you said you had big expectations for the Texans, so congrats on being right on that prediction. But just, I just think it's, you know, funny how, you know, wild the NFL, uh, you know, kind of changes over a year. But any quick, uh, way too early predictions for, for next season that you want to get right, like the Texans? And I don't know, maybe where Steve Wilkes will end up. <laughs> I mean, I would love for Steve Wilkes to wind up on, on Mike Zimmer's staff in Dallas. That's, you know, kind of the catnip that, that everybody in Cowboys Twitter is chasing right now. Um, I have such a soft spot for the Bears. Um, I would love to see it finally work out for them. They're a Tiffany brand franchise in the NFL and such a cool city. And uh, my dogs, one of my dogs' name is Bears. His name is Bear. And so it's just, again, I feel a kinship to them. But I have to say, I think the Arizona Cardinals are probably going to be better than a lot of people thought. I, I think Ooh, it's, okay. you know, Jonathan Gannon maybe is a, a respectable head coach. Kyler Murray's maybe not totally and completely washed if they wind up with Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, all of a sudden, like, you could really kind of talk yourself into things working out for them. And if San Francisco does finally suffer some sort of regression, you know, the NFC West is there for the taking. Not that they would win the division, but I'm interested. And I also um, need to apologize because I thought that their unit uniforms are awful when they first debuted them but as time wore on they um you know they look pretty good and i um i'm willing to atone for my sins they grew i was gonna ask you because you brought up bear uh the last time we had you on too and i was gonna say should they draft caleb williams because that's peyton's team of course too and that's been the that's the you know big thing too yeah i would love to see that as much as i love justin fields and i would love to see him have success in a, in a perfect world fields gets dealt to the raiders or the falcons or the steelers or whoever and he thrives caleb williams thrives um my dog bear continues to thrive we also um have a new puppy since uh, i last spoke to you her name is honey uh, and she's wow. actually <clears throat> she's actually getting fixed today so a bit of a tough day for honey but oh, um tough. you know yeah so she'll be all right uh she's we've got <laughs> the donut right. ready for her and everything yeah, uh, yeah but um yeah so um i'm fine peyton if the bears want to become a competent franchise anybody but the packers in the nfc north please <laughs> uh, i'm with you there believe me i've been waiting my whole life for it though so we'll, we'll see 
I got one more question, just a fun one. I know when people go to Las Vegas or just any Super Bowl event, you run into some pretty cool people, even the ones you're not talking to. Did you run into anyone at the hotel you were staying at or just in the hallway elevator and just were like, whoa, that's Tony Romo, that's blah, blah, blah? I was not as impressed by this. Um, the people I work with at the radio station are a generation above me. Um, but Wayne Newton was rolling around and like everybody okay. was just like falling all over themselves for him. Again, not exactly my cup of tea, um, but, you know, greatness is, is greatness and I'm cool with that. I will say it was just, you know, and I think your generation probably gets this a little bit more. More than anything, it was so cool to see colleagues I've had or people I've worked with um, in person in a three dimensional sense, because you, you interact with so many people. I mean, you all as an example over Zoom or StreamYard or whatever the case may be. And so to be able to shake hands and stuff like that was just um, it felt like when, when you're in high school and you walk into like the cafeteria in the morning and you're just like seeing everybody, you know, and it's a cool kind of you know setup for the day. It was nice to have that um, every day for a week. Yeah, that's awesome. The, the consistency. And, the, and it's right. obviously so great because it's Super Bowl week. Everyone's dialed in. Um, exactly. Well, RJ, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for coming on, RJ. I know you have to run. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll have you back on hopefully, uh, sooner rather than later. We'll see if some of those predictions come true. I know if people want more Cowboys talk and maybe we'll get your take on people get drafted for Mizzou. Cause they got a couple, couple guys like Peyton mentioned, but we appreciate it. Anytime. Um, y'all have my information, just let me know. And, um, really appreciate it. You guys do such an incredible job and appreciate you bringing up bear. Um, he's down a little <laughs> bit. He misses honey right now. So, uh, it's good oh. to see him get a little bit of love. Well, yeah, good for hope. Hope Bear. Hope Bear's feeling better when when Honey comes back. But yeah, thank you so much, RJ. We appreciate it. Okay, quick hits time. Start off with jerseys of the week. Jersey of the week, Kenny. Uh, my jersey of the week goes to Mizzou signee Anor Botang, who will be playing in the Iverson Classic in the next couple months. Uh, Iverson Classic announced this on February seventh, so over a week ago, um, that. Andrew Boateng will be an All-American in this game. He missed out on the McDonald's All-American game. We kind of talked about it, that if anyone was going to make it, we thought he would from that Mizzou class. But he still gets to play in the little postseason action before he heads out to Mizzou in the summer. Yeah, we yeah, it, this, yeah, that's pretty much all we have to look forward to at this point um, this season until the fall. Basketball-wise, um, yeah, good. I'm glad. And Orbotank definitely seems to be like the crown jewel of this class, so it's good to see him. I posted the we we posted the the thing on Twitter where it was like the the guy and the girl lying in bed and they're watching TV, but I just photoshopped the 2024 class because yeah, that's just so we got to look forward to. So hopefully, Anor uh, balls out in that. That'll be cool. Peyton, Jersey, I got two, um, and really it's Ooh. like 31 technically. Um, so the MLB, or sorry, Kenny, MLB has some new jerseys in tow. Um, Kenny and I were discussing these. I'm not one to typically complain about what Nike has been doing, or Fanatics, or whoever's in charge of this uh, with the jerseys. This broke this this one was the straw that broke the camel's back. The new jerseys look terrible, man. I mean, they look really bad. All the teams got new types of jerseys. They're iron-on numbers instead of sewn-on. It all looks. They look like someone put it best. They look like jerseys that you would get like just at the team store or something like that. And now they're actual jerseys. It's pretty damn embarrassing. Uh, these are the jerseys we have. Dansby Swanson was saying the Cubs ones weren't even cubby blue. Like they were an off type of blue. 
it's really nasty work. Um, I, I get they maybe feel better for the players, but they should not look this bad at that the expense of that. I also uh, read something that the pants aren't uh, correct anymore. Um, they don't. The players used to have like pants that would fit them, like they would just be custom to each player. Uh, Nike and Fanatic stopped doing that, so that that's also something bad. The only thing that just looks dumb is that they moved the MLB logo down. They they moved it from the top of the collar to below where the, the stripe would be on some jerseys, uh, wherever the seam is. And it just looks stupid. I, I just I think it's just they're just being cheap, is what it feels like. It's cheap and lazy for a sport that, uh, like, I don't know, something about this in baseball in particular just feels so wrong where there's just so much tradition with, like, uniform. It it just, it kind of grosses me out, the whole thing. But uh, The players seem mad. I'm, like, looking at this athletic article. Like, players don't seem happy about it either. Yeah, it sucks. Like, the whole thing. Like, I, I try not to complain about stuff like this, but this is really disgusting. Um, yeah, <laughs> he just went off camera to sneeze. Um, my, my, my other Jersey of the week, Steve Wilkes at state old friend of, uh, Mizzou. Of course he was the illustrious, uh, 2021 defensive coordinator. He was fired by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, quite frankly, that had been brewing. It wasn't just a super bowl decision that defense underperformed for a lot of the year. I think that last drive in the super bowl was really kind of it. I mean, after they got that fourth down, Steve Wilk was out of his mind. Um, so he's looking for a new job again. Um, Steve Wilkes, you want to be an analyst at Mizzou? I mean, come on down. Well, I was thinking, I, I was thinking like when I saw that news, I was like, you know, I, I'm excited for Corey Batoon, but I was like, what if Mizzou didn't hire their DC yet after that happened? Bring I would not be advocating for a Wilkes return. That's what Drinkwitz was waiting on. He was hoping the 49ers would get bounced and he could uh, make his hiring a little bit early, but he had to, he had to opt for the, the South Alabama defensive coordinator. I'm excited about Corey Batoon. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, be out on that, but I don't know, Steve. I, I always like, I was watching the Super Bowl with friends who like, we're not Mizzou people, but every time Steve Wilkes would come on screen, I would be like, it's Steve Wilkes for Mizzou DC. It's Steve Wilkes. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta brag about it. My uh, Jersey of the week uh kenny payton you guys mizzou softball is so back um i'm giving it to lauren krings specifically uh of the mizzou softball team really could have given it to anybody after the start of the season uh that they've had but uh krings she went 3-0 uh with a 1.47 era and 20 strikeouts in 19 innings uh as the tigers were participating in the uh leadoff classic in clearwater florida mizzou is 5-0 they started the season unranked now they're five and zero. They beat Clemson, which was I think uh, they're ranked fifth, and Utah ranked thirteenth. And now Mizzou is fifteenth in the country. I'm excited for this. Softball was really good when we were in college the last couple of years. Um, you know they're fun to go to. They're a fun team. Lauren Krings is is clearly having a, a bright start to the year. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. Like I I remember when they got bounced by that James like that red hot James Madison team a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, I want this team to go to the college world series, but yeah, I'll, we'll definitely have some uh, softball updates as the, as the summer goes on. Cause it seems like they're uh, they're primed for a good year. The rumors of Larissa Anderson's demise last year were greatly <laughs> exaggerated. If you're looking <laughs> for a program to like distract you from basketball, this is probably the one 
and probably wrestling to finish out the year, although they've just lost a couple dual matches. Um, baseball starts this week as well. I don't know, man. Just please do not watch the basketball team anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I think Mizzou softball is going to have a, a great year. Uh, my fa- it might be my favorite stadium on, on campus. I like the softball stadium. It was the um, most, uh, recent one. It is the it is the newest. I guess that's I guess that's kind of not fair. But yeah, shout out Lauren Kring, shout out Mizzou softball. Hopefully they can uh they can keep it rolling here in the early part of the season. Sean East, what's next? I like segment? no captain. He's the main bird. Sean East main bird of the week, Kenny. My Sean East main bird of the week goes to an old friend. Bush Hamden is back in the SEC working for the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, he was named to those positions on Wednesday. And it feels just like yesterday. We had Mike Prater and John Mallory on the show to talk about him and talk about <laughs> Kirby Moore as well, just the connections between Mizzou and Boise State. And now he's back in the SEC, just needed one season off. Some people forget he also interviewed for the quarterbacks coach position with the Chiefs when he took the job at Boise State to be the offensive coordinator, went back to his roots, That's of right. course, played at Boise State. Back in the SEC, not facing the Tigers this year, but it'd be pretty cool to, to maybe see, maybe face them down the line. I, I know you were smiling somewhere, Kenny, when this news broke. You've been the Bush Hamden plug for a while. Um, of course, that one season, uh, Kenny was on the Missourian beef. There was the whole Bush Hamden calling plays thing late in the season, even though they wouldn't admit it. And then they eventually wound up admitting it. So, Kenny, I'm happy for you. Thank you. And, <laughs> His connection to birds, I meant to mention this, is that he was the quarterback's coach in 2017 for the Atlanta Falcons. How did that season end, Bush? Oh. Hey, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. Shanahan. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm i excited. I'm, I'm happy for Bush Hamden. I did the one time I filled in for you, Kenny, on the on the football beat. I talked to Bush Hamden. He was very nice. So I will uh, – uh, good, good for him. more than I did because he was never allowed to talk to the media oh, yeah. during the season. <laughs> I forgot also, 2017 was, was the Super Bowl year, so yeah, he was one year behind the Super Bowl, so he was just a part of a team that finished. Oh, third you're in right. The NFC South. Yeah, I had that. I had that backwards. I had that backwards. It's it's confusing when the Super Bowl is in 2017, but it's not the 2017 season. It trips you up. Um, my main bird of the week. Speaking of Mizzou coaching staff, uh, is Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of Mizzou. My connection to him for birds uh, is that he worked for Auburn. They say. War Eagle, you know how it is. Oh, I'm skip. I skipped Peyton. Sorry, Peyton, I skipped you. Yeah, Sorry. dude. I mean, you could. You might as well have just kept on dude, going. With it. Me. You were like shaking your head. I was like, what? what no, I'm doing? trying to. I'm trying to mute myself during it. Well, once you started, I mean, it would have been unprofessional. But now guess, that guess, you've stopped yourself, I don't the think main, the real main bird, the real main bird. That's your problem, Jack. You don't take this serious. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, the real main bird of the week. Uh, before that fall, Eli Drinkwitz stuff, um, is Brett McMurphy. Uh, if you're wondering what his connection to birds is, he puts birds in bowl projections. So there you go. He's a bird keeper of sorts. Um, he came out with his way too early uh, bowl projections yesterday. And folks, he has the Missouri Tigers ranked number eight at the end of the year and hosting a playoff game against the Penn State Nittany Lions on December 20th. Rest assured, if that happened, I would. There would not be any amount of money and any amount of prior obligations that I would not forego to be there. I would 
1,000% be in attendance for that. Uh, that's the dream, man. This is the year for Missouri. I mean, if it's going to happen, it should should be this year. Yeah, that's I, that's one thing I'm like really looking forward to all season. If Missouri, you know, does live up, is just the bold projections we're going to get week on week on. Like to see the to see them come out already in February. Like it was just it was just so nice to see, especially you know, given that they were in the playoff. But yeah, I would I would certainly try my best to be there. Penn State to be a be a fun be a fun sec big 10 clash i'm also just so excited like with the new playoff to see the uh the host sites like i think that's going to be such a a cool thing to have you know a playoff game you know hosted by a by one of the favorites the fans the students are just going to be crazy like can you imagine columbia like would just shut down in the middle of december um for mizzou the understudy wouldn't be able to stop selling three dollar bush lights i mean it would just be it would just be outrageous um four dollars by then. Yeah, yeah, more inflation. Um, okay, sorry, Hayden. My main bird of the week. We're finally coming back to Eli Trickwitz. Kenny talked about it in the opening, and then I uh, rudely cut off Peyton before he could do his main bird. Eli Drinkwitz is mine. He worked at Auburn, War Eagle, whatever. I you can make all the bird connections you want. Um, Kenny talked about it. Peyton posted a meme in response uh to Robert Trombley, who was who is the Mizzou football, he was the video coordinator. He edited all the mini movies together, which fans really loved uh and he's he's leaving he's departing the program said he wanted to be close to his family and whatnot obviously good for him best of luck on whatever he does we as a mizzou fan collective are very bummed of this news uh because you know the mini movies were great obviously you know with the expectation next season if it's going to be as electric as we think it is those mini movies would go hard hopefully they bring someone in that that can kind of continue the capture to capture the magic that robert did anyway all this to say Peyton posted a meme. It's the uh, it's the one from Avengers where uh, you know it's Peyton photoshopped to say, "Did you keep Kirby Moore with Eli Drinkwitz as Thanos?" Saying yes. What did it cost? Eli saying Robert Trombley's uh, vision of the mini movies. Eli Drinkwitz quote tweeted that with two laughing emojis. So Eli Drinkwitz officially a friend of the show. We will try and have him on next week. Hit my line if you need a. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Hit my hit my line if you uh, need a social media coordinator. Drink. Yeah. yeah he also awesome. retweeted a post from Barstool Mizzou that says, "I love you very much," and it's Barry Odom <laughs> on the graphic. Yeah, that's pretty fun. He had some time on his hands, didn't he? Yeah. Did he ever talk to Barry word. Odom? There's no way he ever said a word to Barry Odom. Maybe when Arkansas when we played Arkansas, it was definitely. Oh, I guess it's true. Yeah. I do love that we have a Lane Kiffin. Like the, the both of those tweets, it just feel very Lane Kiffin-y. And it's like for in terms of a social media presence, I like that we have our own Lane Kiffin. But uh, yeah, thanks for the quote tweet drink. We appreciate it. If you would like to come on the show, uh, you're welcome anytime. Maybe we'll see if we can fit you in. I, I don't know. We're, we're busy talk people. to our publicist drink. Yeah, yeah. We'll have our people talk to your people. Anyway, uh, best things we learned this week, Peyton. What was the best thing you learned? Best thing I learned this week, as Knowlton alluded to earlier, uh, we talked about it a little. Detroit Mercy, who came into the game against IUPUI, the Jaguars, 0-27. Indiana University, uh, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Yep. They they finally got on the board. They trounced IUPUI, um, got their first win of the season. A one lonely fan took it upon himself to storm the court. Uh, it, it, it was may, it was pandemonium in Mercyville. Uh, Detroit was celebrating that one. 
Um, good for the Titans. Uh, yep, there's there you go. That's that's it. They have a one man court storm. That see, so that I saw a, dis, a debate on this on Twitter. Does it count as a court storm if only one guy was out there? That guy stormed the court. <laughs> I, I say yes. Counts. I thought he was a coach when I first saw it. He's I did too. I thought it was a player. Nicely. I thought it was a player messing around. Totally, <laughs> it was a player storming their own court after they win. No fans, just the players. Like ah, Missouri um, fans should do this, by the way, if they win at home. Yeah. For the record, uh, the only remaining team with no wins now is Mississippi Valley State. The Delta Devils are zero and twenty-four, ranked dead last in Ken Palm. So hopefully they can uh. They can pick up a win there and swack play. Kenny, what'd you learn this week? Well, what I learned this week goes out to two reoccurring guests. We haven't had this the other one on uh, for a second time yet, but we know he will be on sometime soon. But first one goes out to Max Chadwick, who announced his top 10 returning quarterbacks in college football for the 2024 season on Wednesday, on Valentine's Day. And he became my Valentine because he put Brady Cook at number 10. Well, what a spot for Brady Cook. We joked around with him, you know, one of the Brady Cook projections for the highest I'm going to come in at the beginning of the start of last season. Now Brady Cook is number 10 on his uh, returning quarterbacks. That's what you like to see. My second one goes out to Troy Johnston, the Marlins prospect who we had on with us. What a great conversation he was last summer. Uh, he has his own podcast now. We influenced, influenced him. It's yeah. time to with Scott and Troy, a jumbo shrimp podcast. Um, in my humble opinion, I hope he doesn't get to do this podcast for long. I think it's. I was gonna say, not are, major are they gonna let him? Yet. Yeah, are they gonna let him do that when he gets called up? Like what? I don't think he'll have enough time to do it uh, when he gets <laughs> called up, and I I hope he doesn't get to do it for long. Um, Troy has excelled in minor league baseball last year. Was the Marlins minor league player of the year? It's time for him to see the major leagues. Yeah, I have I a bold take. This. I think both of these people will be. Uh, back on the show at some point bold yeah we'll get troy back on we'll get troy back on yeah it was it was outrageous following him like we were retweeting i swear like weekly his hitting stats because they just were off the charts and he, he didn't get the call. i know i don't know much about baseball but i thought that was absurd he needs to get the call up we need we need we need miami marlins uh troy johnston and He's go watch up. that interview his biggest being is out of the way he'll be called up yeah. <laughs> Yeah, someone will get him a someone will get a deal. Uh go watch that interview from the summer. It was it was very good. January 2nd, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to go back and look at his stats real quick as well and see what mm-hmm. his OPS was from January 2nd or sorry, not January, June 2nd and on. Uh here it is are his numbers. It is loading baseball reference is slow and 972 OPS from June 2nd to September 23rd. Absolute rake in Troy Johnston's hands. Give us credit. 327 batting average for all you old heads as well. <laughs> I was going to say that's a that's a message to all athletes. If you come on the show, you will do better in your sport as a result. We are one for one. Josh Wolf. Yes, yeah, Josh Wolf. Yeah. WBC after talking with us. Yep. So two for two on athletes coming on that do better in their sports. Um, yeah. My best thing I learned this week, uh, guys, this is big news in the college football world. Um, EA Sports College Football is coming back. We already kind of knew that, but they made it sort of officially official today. It's going to come back in the summertime. They changed the uh, Twitter account. They posted a cool video with a guy at the Rose Bowl, you know, talking about it. And they showed some like tease some renderings from like them making the game. I know a lot of people on Twitter were super excited. 
I'm I'm excited. Like this is something you know I haven't I haven't been video gaming as much you know in the recent months, but this would be something that I would get you know a new game system for get back into it. Uh, I'm excited, and uh, when Luther Burden's on the cover, that'll be even cooler. Right. Um, I, I I was happy about that. I did not. I'm not gonna lie. I lost faith when they didn't have the the trailer during the national championship game. I I was like, nope they're totally this is not releasing this year because we had heard nothing um about it but here it is it's coming out this summer man um i'm excited as well i will definitely there will be like a few days where this is all i will play yeah if you don't what do you guys think who do you guys think is gonna be on the cover um, colorado had made a bowl i would have said yeah Shadur. i was gonna say shador but i don't think uh, it'll be him now I'm gonna Carson Beck. Because the pro, ugh, no, definitely no, no, no. not Carson Beck. Not, yeah, I, I no. guess he doesn't have that much pull. Um, pull. see, I would I would say like someone that's not coming back, like Jaden Daniels, but now they can have it be a guy that's coming back. Yeah. Uh, who's like the biggest returning star this year, though? Maybe it is Milrow. Oh no, it can't. No. Not chilling. I don't think so. I I, I could see it being Jaden Daniels and them because he's had such a good yeah. year last year and like especially if he gets like drafted high and stuff and I could just see I don't them know, going man. with him. It's tough. I kind of still want to save Shadur just because Colorado I yeah. was that big a deal. Just um, whether you like whether you like it or not, I mean they were box office. People were watching every week. EA's been pretty chalk. Um probably the last five years with their cover athletes, uh, especially on the call in the NFL level. I, I think they would go pretty chalk with the first one. And I think they would just give it to the Heisman winner of the previous so, year. Yeah. Um, you see, like, I mean, there's are, there are some uh, games out there like uh, the show. And I know that's not EA, but they're, they're starting to bridge off into just kind of giving a lot of people spotlight and not just give it to Otani judge, whoever had the best season and, giving it to a guy like Yaz Chisholm. So I think that would be fun down the line, kind of getting back into those, giving it to a guy that probably isn't the largest name, but he's still a premier player and he's going to go to the NFL. I also don't hate it when it's like a player that, you know, plays the game too and gets like really into like being the cover star. Like some of these guys, they might be like, well, I don't really play Madden now. Like I don't care, but some of them still do. So it's like, it'd be cool if it's, if it's someone like that, especially with college kids, they're more likely to play maybe. My vote's Jaden Daniels. It should be Luther Burden or Cody Schrader. Do you want the best story in college football? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, that would be a Peyton Hillis cover. Um, I want it. The I want a still of drink shaking Josh Heupel's hands and saying we stand on business. Just just I, that like grainy grainy photo. A grainy photo. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, maybe if they do a departing player, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. kind of makes sense too. Uh, that's kind of actually. I think I'm going to change my guess to him, Marvin Harrison. My guess. Yeah. Oh, Marvin Harrison. Yeah. I could play. Yeah. No, the other guy I was just talking about. No, no. Okay, never mind. This one comes from our favorite TV series, The Today Show. Um, guys, I went to buy a pair of camouflage pants. I couldn't find any. <laughs> Kenny, you can't not laugh at that. You have the I Crocs. Laughed. I laughed. I laughed. It was funny. Go get the go go get the Crocs. Or I guess it's pointless. No one will see them. You got he's got. Oh, dude, why are you? Oh my god, shoes? he's got them on. 
dude, why aren't you wearing any shoes while we're recording? That's a little nice weird. socks, dude. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Everyone go to the YouTube. Oh, the last thing I was going to say on the college football. This is a plea to bet online. Our sponsor uh, have put some odds in there for who's going to be the cover athlete. Let us let the let the people bet on them. And put Luther Burden in there because I asked. Uh, anyway, we'll end the show. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. We'll be back Monday. We'll recap uh, Mizzou men's basketball. We'll see if any football stuff kind of pops up as well. Keep on all that stuff. And, yeah, keep on the lookout now that we're kind of in February. Obviously, we'll, we'll gear up. We'll do a lot of March Madness stuff still, even though Mizzou's not in it just because March Madness rocks uh, as that gets underway. But, yeah, we're gonna, we'll have some great guests on, uh, even non-Mizzou related, just some fun people to talk to, some good interviews for you guys. So um, stay tuned for all those. Thanks to Ben Online for sponsoring the show. We will see you guys on Monday.